Hi, and welcome to It's Fucking Personal. It's Fucking Personal. All right. With, uh, I'm Bethany. Right. I'm Katie. All right. That's Jeannie. All right. And that's Jeannie. Um, so today's Abby. topic. Abby. Yeah, then that's Abby. Abby Cadabby's on in the background. So uh, that's, she's also Relevant. present. Although I think we'd have to pay royalties if we mention Abby and pretend that Abby Cadabby is here. Yeah, so let's, let's not. I have no she's money. not here. Um, we just happened to mention her name. Uh, there is no affiliation with Sesame Street. Or HBO. Or HBO. All right. So what are, or we, talk- PBS, what are we? What are we talking about today, Bethany? Um, so what we wanted to talk about today? Um, it's a tough subject. It's uh, it's weird to talk about. It feels weird to talk about. Yeah. Um, but it's very important. And we want to talk about white privilege law. And we're both white for context. Yeah. In case you didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. As if that wasn't yeah. apparent. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, so it's a it's a weird topic, mm-hmm. or not a weird topic, but it's it's an uncomfortable topic yes. because, like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and like, there are so many things in our society that, like, our entire lives, this is our skin color, and like our physical features are the most obvious thing about us mm-hmm. out in the world. Yet it's the one thing we're never allowed to talk about. You're not supposed to. Right. Yeah. And so, like, everything in our society tells us, oh, don't talk about that. Oh, don't talk about that. It's too uncomfortable. It's too weird. Um, You could offend somebody. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. And I'm just a huge proponent of, like, let's talk about everything. Why, why should we not talk about this? It's something that affects millions of people. Everybody. affects everybody. And, yeah. So, we need to, we need to discuss it. Um, and I've talked about this on my own podcast before, um, about, how, about how we should be gathering our people. Mm-hmm. And that came from Alicia Garza is one of the, um, one of the uh, founders of Black Lives Matter. Or is she a founder of the Movement for Black Lives? There's a difference. But um, anyway, Alicia Garza, she's awesome. She is, uh, has, she's got a lot of cred um, as far as like activism is concerned, as, particularly as it pertains to um, anti-black racism. And she says, she was talking about like, what can white people do? And she says, y'all need to gather your people. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Um, But also look up the movement for black lives because there is a difference. um, But the two two are related. It's like the analogy thing of like, not all, not all black lives matters. No, not all movement for black lives groups are black lives matter groups, but all black lives matter groups are movement for black lives. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha, If that makes sense. Um, I'm studying for the LSAT, by the way. So I'm, I'm like thinking about the way things are worded and okay. laws sense. and arguments, whatever. Makes sense. Um, and so she had this this uh, this statement where she said that white people need to gather your people. She says you need to you know, collect your people. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's part of it to me is like, as a white person, I need to be talking about white privilege. I need to be discussing racism. Right. Be more vocal, particularly about it. amongst my white associates, because you know there's there's just so many things in 
our society where it's like there no matter what like there are certain subjects that no matter what a black person might say Mm -hmm. they are going to be perceived as being angry and being uh too passionate about it or whatever right and whereas that's there's there's here here's a clear example of white privilege is I'm a tiny white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not five feet tall she yet. She's tiny. Yet? Um, are, you, are you hoping you're yeah, going to make someday, it at some point in the future? Um, okay. No, actually, before I got, before I had Jeannie, I was doing a lot of Pilates and I gained an inch and I was five feet tall. Congratulations. But I'm probably not five feet tall oh, anymore. Oh, man. Um, goals. Yeah, right? We, we all have to have life goals. Anyway, so, tiny, tiny white lady. I'm a tiny white lady. Yes. So I don't get perceived, and I'm like... Sometimes I'm like the angriest person in a room, but yeah. I never get perceived that way. Or like I'm not threateningly angry, right? Like because you're so tiny and cute. I'm so tiny and cute, and it's oh, that's this funny white lady. Yeah. Um. So that's my privilege. I can talk about this stuff without people being threatened by it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'd like to use my privilege. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good place to start. Um, so, well, so then let's just define it. Like, what, what? If you were asked mm-hmm. on a podcast in front of a rolling mic, <laughs> what is I white can't privilege? Imagine this scenario. What would you say, Katie? Okay, well, I'm no longer a scholar, and I never was in this particular area. But I would say um, it's even even if you are not actively a racist, yeah. even if you did not. Yeah actively enslave human beings and set up this system of, uh, of inequality. It's if you, um, benefit from the system that's already in place. So if you benefit from the system that makes things easier, more accessible for white people, if you benefit from that, um, and you know, nobody follows you when you go into a shop, like thinking you're going to steal something or, um, uh, you know, stuff like that, that's white privilege. Not having to think about race is white privilege. Um, sure. You know, like opting out of this topic. Like if you're, if, right. you're, if your skin color you, is not white, you know, if you're a person of color, you can't opt out of these conversations because it affects you every single day. Like right. I can't begin to imagine to like put myself in those shoes because it's not something I've experienced. So um, that's white privilege, I guess. Yeah. The way I've, I've heard it explained before was that, White is normal, right? And everything right. that's not right. white, so n- white is neutral. Right, white right. doesn't necessarily have any characteristics assigned to it, right? Other the than default. like good yeah. and normal. Yeah, anything else is a yeah. deviation, right? So, and so that's right. And I guess this is like a little intersectionality thing. It'd be like the the straight white male, right? Right. So like is the optimum, right? That's the top of the right. Game. So yeah. Um. Yeah, and one one clear, really clear example, and this is like, this is uh, you know this this is one of those things that makes people very uncomfortable to talk about. But mm-hmm. when I was younger, and if I I've got I've gotten pulled over for speeding a couple of times. Oh, naughty, naughty! And I have been an absolute smartass to cops who pull me over. Have you? Just I mean. Nothing, like, not cussing or anything, but just, like... But they can tell you're a short white lady from your seated position yeah. in your and so car. they're not, they're not threatened la, by la, me la, at all, la, you know? Like, la, la, la. the officer might as well have patted me on the head yeah. and been like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. 
Um, whereas if you've ever seen uh, the video of Sandra Bland being pulled over, um, she copped an attitude with the police officer and he dragged her out of her car and arrested her where she hanged herself. Uh, the official report is that she hanged herself two days later in, from in jail. Um, this is a mechanical, or like a toy baby doll that's crying. Diva. Very inappropriate. And it's really funny. <laughs> the baby is crying <laughs> to the microphone. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, so you you never had to worry that that was going to be you or that was a possibility. Right. And when I saw that video, I mean, because that, that case really stuck with me. Because when I saw that video, I thought, I said that... And maybe not worse, but like I've definitely copped an attitude with police officers right. and felt no didn't think twice. Nothing was going to befall me, and yeah. nothing did befall me. Yeah. Um. So I think one officer gave me like a he checked the box for like the greater penalty okay. than the than what he was going to do, and right. he like kind of said that he was like, right. "Well, I was going to give you the one point summons, but now I'm going to give you the two point summons." Ooh, yeah. And it was like. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that is that not, penalty, yeah. that was the penalty. My, not my, your life. my body and my life were yeah. not part of, right. we're not on the table. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I think that that's, you know, I think this is part of a larger conversation about like people being involved and being able to discuss certain things. Mm-hmm. So there's this woman who's like my Facebook nemesis. You have um, so many Facebook Nemeses. I kind of do. Um, I like I hearing about Facebook them. a ton lately. It's probably good, but, good, uh, good idea. It's a great idea. Um, so, but so this woman who's my Facebook nemesis, she, there was a discussion about racism and how it related to DACA. Okay. And my friend um, had posted, what's the deal? Like, why is DACA controversial if it's not just racism? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so everybody gets on and is like, obviously it's racism. So I say something along the lines of, well, like, don't ask me, ask Lindsey Graham, because Lindsey Graham had said that Stephen Miller was the reason that Donald Trump would not sign DACA. Right. And Stephen Miller is a white nationalist. Yes. So that's, Lindsey Graham said racism is the reason DACA can't get passed or whatever, get permanent, get Mm -hmm. permanent status or whatever the whole thing is. And, uh... So, or the DREAM Act, not DACA. DACA was, like, the temporary thing. Yes. And the DREAM Act will be the permanent thing, hopefully. One day. Um, and so, anyway, this woman, who's my Facebook nemesis, like, if it were the 1960s, yeah. she would have been, like, yelling at me that I'm a race traitor. Because she said, like, oh, you have so much hate in your heart for your own race. And I'm like, first of all, only racists say your own race. Um, <laughs> yeah. in, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was just like, that's, that's that discouraging. That's the like chilling effect the, that we've had. We've talked about before. Right, the white fragility. Yeah. Right. is like, well, you can't talk about white privilege because you've benefited from it. And right. it's like, I know that's the point. That's why I can talk about it. Like, well, you should talk that's about why it. I should yeah. talk about it yeah. because I have benefited from it and I'm uncomfortable that, and not that only uncomfortable, I'm angry that everyone can't have as blessed a life as I have had. Like yeah. I am literally angry about that because I, what I did to be 
to deserve this was be born. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I did... I didn't screw up. Like, I didn't piss my life away or something. But, right. like, I didn't do it's anything on, to deserve it's have, yes, having it's this not amazing life that I've had yeah. that I continue to have. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, th- this is also, like, the com- like the conversation we've been having in, in real life about... Um, uh, oh, my God. I'm sorry. My kids have been keeping me up late at night, and I'm, I just can't <laughs> freaking think straight. Um, oh, yeah. It's not enough to be not racist like oh i'm not racist i don't hate black people i don't say racist things i don't do rate quote i'm making the air quote thing obviously this is a freaking podcast what's wrong with me i'm so tired (laughs) but um you have to be anti-racist so it's not enough just to say well i'm i'm a good person like that fallacy of like i'm a good person i'm doing quotes again i'm a good person so it's okay and I can just continue to live my awesome privilege life with my white skin, but you have to be anti-racist because I'm still benefiting from this system. And I didn't set up the system, but right. I'm totally benefiting from it right. at the expense of other people. And that's not right. And that's why we have to have these conversations and kind of uh, look at the system so we can dismantle it and burn this fucker down. Right. And um, I kind of come to this from a different a slightly different perspective in that, um, you know, I, I consider myself a hyphenated American. I was saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm a Greek American, and I grew up totally brainwashed by my mom and grandma about, like, you know, the motherland, and I grew up in the religion and the language and the culture and the food and the tradition, and, um, you know, completely immersed in this. And this is white privilege talking. But for a very long time, like, I mean, I didn't have to think about this stuff, and I didn't. And I, I saw myself as outside of this conversation. Like, this doesn't apply to me, because right. nobody in my family came, was here before the 20th century. We didn't we didn't do this. We didn't set the system up at all. Like, I'm not involved. But that's totally white privilege that I, I felt like I, I, I wasn't involved, you know? I'm still right. walking around down the street. I'm a generic-looking white person, and, right. and I've still totally benefited from the system, so... You know, that was a realization. That was a realization for me. Like, um, you can be a Native American, whatever. You know, your family are immigrants, your grandparents are immigrants, but still, like, you're benefiting from the system. Right. Because your your people have assimilated into that um, generic, like, white right. uh, thing. And there was an interesting documentary. I think Ken Burns might have done it. Um, some PBS was about the Italians and uh, similar groups of people. And how back in the day, like maybe it was like late 19th century, there was when people were coming through Ellis Island, like my my grandparents went through Ellis Island, uh, you would tick a box if the person was from northern Italy or from southern Italy. And they they considered the immigration people, American government officials considered southern Italians to be like a subhuman race. Like they were less than, they were like Neanderthals. It was, it's unbelievable to think that this, you know. That is still going on in... I mean, I don't know that much about, like, the political and social landscape of Italy. Yeah. But from what I do know, that is still very prevalent. Right. That northern Italians are better, they're white. Southern Italians, people from the islands, are considered less than. Right. So that's still... So, you know, but that's even, like, the whole, you know, Irish need not apply. And, like, you know, the way, like, Jews have been treated. So, you know, we forget, but... Once your people are kind of assimilated under that umbrella of whiteness, then you start benefiting from white privilege too. Um, right. So I, I benefit from it, and it, you know, it, it this applies to me. I can't act like I'm above it or not involved. So we need to talk about it. And the other thing that I, the other point I want to make on this is, so I, I grew up, I grew up in a town that was pretty diverse, and um, 
So I thought kind of we were doing pretty good as far as this stuff goes. But the town I grew up in was very diverse as far as we had a very large um, South Asian community. I think one of the biggest in the state and um, a large uh, community of people from South American countries. There were there were very few black people in my school growing up in my classes. And again, this is the white privilege talking, but it didn't occur to me till later. Like, why is that? Why were we diverse in other areas, but not, you know, black Americans? And that's because of Robert Moses, the Adolf Hitler of urban planning, as I like to call him. And, um, you know, building the overpasses. Somehow I don't think that is uh, part of all of his monuments that are built to him in New York City. I'm going to, like, become a sculptor and do something, because I think think that's pretty good. But, um, you know, making the overpasses over the highways out to the beaches, like, low enough so the city bus couldn't fit under it, because he didn't want black people out there. And um, the town I grew up in was also close to one of the original Levittowns, where they wouldn't allow black people to buy homes. And this town that I grew up in, it also didn't really exist before World War II. It was, like, potato farms. And then with all the GIs coming back, they just threw up loads of these, like, crappy houses right. that people could live in and baby boom whatever it's right. disgusting in uh, in Birmingham there's a section where I grew up um, there's a, like a whole street and section of town called Diaper Row Ew. because that's when all of the GIs came yeah. back and the baby boom was happening there it's all and and they're really cute like little cottages but it's yeah. all I mean it was all the white GIs yeah. obviously yeah. Yeah. who were benefiting from yeah. this but so yeah so I mean that's kind of where I'm coming to this issue where this was something that I did not think about for a very long time but you know, now we're here and we're talking about it and I yeah. think it's important and, um, it's a start and, you know, and so, so what do we do then as, as white people to gather, gather our people and, you know, I mean, I start talking about we, this stuff first, the first thing we can do, which is, which is necessary. I don't think I'm using these terms correctly from the LSAT, but I like this phrase anyway. Go hit us. It's necessary, but not sufficient. Okay. Um, like it. So Sounds official. It's necessary. We have to start the conversation, but that's not enough. No. We have to go further than that. Totally. But I think one thing that, you know, I was, I was uh, thinking about this recently is like, I have relatives who have just literally never been called out for their bullshit. Okay. For their racist bullshit. We believe, and it's fucking personal, we believe on calling people out on their bullshit. Yeah, call people out on their bullshit. Like, literally, it costs you nothing. I, I know that I am it less... It gives me joy. I'm... In my yeah, heart. Yeah, it gives you, <laughs> you... You gain a lot from it because you get to feel superior and that is a great freaking feeling. But that's... But that... <laughs> not to derail your story here, but that's... But that's also another thing, like, the whole white fragility and, like, yes, call people out on their bullshit, but is there a way to do that so... Not that we need to protect people from feeling attacked because, like, get over your own stupid feelings. I don't care. But if we want to, like, grow and change things and, like, right. open people's minds and make them, like, start thinking about this stuff, how do we then call them out without completely alienating them that right. they're not going to hear what we have to say? I mean, I think that this is where, like, this is just has to be a personal approach thing. Right. Because it's, like, so family members of mine who openly use the N-word... Oh my God, like, really? No, you just say to them, do not say that. Oh my God. Don't say it. The end. You need to be chastised like yes. a child. Go oh, to timeout. Yeah, fuck their feelings. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. That's wow. done. You know, like, okay. and, you know, my, and, but that's the thing is like my whole life, this, this was something funny that, that like, just to think about your, your grandparents or your aunts and uncles is like. There's never a time when anybody could have changed. Like, I don't know if you've heard this, but within within my family and, uh, and a lot of uh, Southern people's families mm-hmm. that, that I know, it's like, 
well, so-and-so is X number of years old. She's not going to change. So-and-so is is 45. Yeah. He's not going to change. Mm. Oh, he's 65. She, he's not going to change. And it's like, when is somebody going to change? Like, if, if you never call them out on their bullshit, they're definitely never going to change. Hi. But I just think it's that we have to start somewhere and calling people out of their bullshit. And, right. But that's where, like, the personal approach comes from is, like, okay. I can't necessarily call out somebody who – I mean, not I can't. I, I have done it many times before mm-hmm. for their bullshit. But, like, if you know somebody and you know they can be reached – like, I've said to, to close friends, I've said, like, you're, you're going to have to leave that. One time I had a friend over – and it was like, it was just some offhand comment, like not a big deal to, for him to say it. And I was like, dude, just leave your casual racism somebody, somewhere else. I'm trying right. to have a nice Sunday. Right. And like, I couched it in a bit of a joke, right. but he got the point. Like, don't say that. Right. And so it depends on the person because a, a more fragile person might have been like, you know, doubled down and got defensive or something. And he kind of laughed it off and he was like, oh, my bad. You know, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't something awful. It wasn't like the N word, but like, it was just some racially coded thing. And I was like, yeah. leave your casual racism somewhere else. Right. I'm trying to have a nice Sunday. Right. And he was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. And we kept talking. So it's, it depends. It depends on the situation and it depends on your relationship to that person mm-hmm. um, for the calling out. But oh, I guess I, 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 can, I can maybe speak a little vaguely about this, but I had an instance recently of calling someone out. Um, I am a freelancer for a local newspaper, and there were a series of articles written on a relevant topic about a bunch of kids, students, uh, a bunch of kids of color at a local school who felt like they were being marginalized and like not respected and like emotionally unsafe at school. So there was an article about it, and then... There, there were, it was a series of articles, but the last word that was, after this article appeared, a bunch of parents were really, really angry and contacted the reporter and told them, like, this is absolutely ridiculous, like, this doesn't happen. And so basically, and basically doing exactly what the kids said the school was doing to them. Say, right. Like, invalidating Same. their experiences. Shut Right, Don't like talk about this. Exactly, like, this isn't happening, like, go sit down. That's what no, his parents were saying, no, a handful of parents. And the paper printed this, and I had a problem with the way that it was expressed because it wasn't like, you know, uh, you know, other people don't see it this way. And um, it just, it didn't make sense to me why this handful of parents saying, no, like your feelings aren't real, why that is like a, you know, a counterpoint to these kids and their experiences. That didn't seem like, it seemed like a false equivalent, false equivalence and really really terrible logic and not it, I just I was really right. upset by it also because like I'm associated with this paper and right you know I was really concerned and upset so I ended up having a dialogue with the writer blah 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 whatever but um you know it, but it just go like people often at times don't really realize maybe I mean maybe their their intentions right. are not to be biased or I'm not a racist sure. person fine but you know we I don't really know what point I'm getting at here, but basically... Well, I mean, I think that this just occurred to me, is that, like, that's that's been the whole thing of, like, you just discredit... You discredit the messenger so the message never has to get out there. Right. So it's like, 
oh, well, these are just students. What do they know? And, and like you know, my, my kids didn't feel this, so it never happened to you. Right. right. Or it's like the, the, the Me Too movement type stuff when people are like, oh, but he, but he was nice to me. He never, yeah. you know, he never harassed me. And it's like, well, that's not oh, what someone's right. saying. Yeah. Right. Like that doesn't. Exactly. How that, can you invalidate someone how, else's experience? Right. right. And, and right. also like, because their response was not. Okay, let's take these kids at their word that this is happening. Right. And I think that my my kid and the other majority white students mm-hmm. are more important and their experiences should be front and center. Instead, right. they say, oh, no, this is not happening. Right. And it's, and it's a diverse black school. Students, so, yeah, they're like, oh, well, it's a really diverse school. This can't happen. Like, the logic was... I felt very faulty, but, but yeah. And then like what you're saying, the story that needs to be told, the issue that needs to be explored and, and improved on, it doesn't get light because everyone is so caught up in this like defensive immediate reaction, visceral, like, no, 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 that's not true. No, it didn't happen. No. Well, and that's, I mean, and well, this plays into it, but like the, um, the idea about like with like police violence and stuff is to, None of the people who do the Blue Lives Matter thing are saying are saying um, we should make everything safer for cops and and uh, communities of color and, who and would argue with that? constituents, right? right? Like they're not saying that. They're, they're saying not, yeah. police lives matter more yes. than the people that they are supposed to serve and protect, and or they're saying I don't think it's a problem, right? Right. And but they don't they don't understand that that's what they're saying. Right. They don't understand. they think they're being fair and they're saying, "Well, my uncle's a cop and he's a nice guy and he's not racist." And it's right. like, "Well, the problem is not these individual cops. I mean, the individual cops actions are certainly a problem, but the whole system is the problem." Yes. The like the fact that there's never any consequences for whatever a police officer does when there are dire consequences for the people the regular citizens. Right. And so that's, that's what the disconnect is because it's not like, but I think that that's what we're, that's part of what we are, our society and, and whatever. I mean, that sounds so like, so disconnected be like society tells you this, but like, that's what we are. That's what we're programmed to believe is that there's a, there's a point and there's a counterpoint to everything and everything is equally valid and worth seeing. But like, so the students points of view Mm -hmm. are here and then they're criticizing the administration and the system. So then you give the principal's point of view equal weight and that. Well, he he didn't even comment. So. Uh, okay, yeah. but, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, but they yeah, were yeah, like yeah. defending him. The people who are like bene- either benefiting from the system or right. in charge of the system, and that's yeah. a false dichotomy because right. the students are experiencing this, right? And they're not like like I had my one of my one of my Facebook nemesis nemeses, and so uh, many. Are you keeping track, folks? You know what? If she's listening to this, she's already like died of a heart attack of rage. So my cousin. She has this belief, like when I when I put up a post on Facebook about, like I said, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and and I dummy proofed it, like I was like nobody could ever argue with these statements because I said, oh, I got involved in this conversation. I think no, this was before I knew you. Oh, well, you this, you have a lot of these conversations then, yeah. Um, but so I said, I said, Black Lives Matter, 
this should not make you uncomfortable because the opposite of Black Lives Matter is Black Lives Do Not Matter. Right. And we all must agree that Black Lives certainly we can't say Black Lives Don't Matter. Right. So. Right. So I'm like, dummy proofed it. I'm so I am gonna win this one, guys. I'm gonna be a lawyer, guys. Step back. Boom. Cousin comes on, (laughs) and she literally believes that Black Lives Matter wants Black people to never face consequences for not even crimes, but for like misdeeds. What? That Black people are saying they don't that they should never have to interact with law enforcement. Wait, so she thinks that it's like, it's going to be like that movie where you go to an Island and you're hunting people and it's black people hunting white people. Like kind of. Yeah. And I think that's the, the Fox news narrative that they're pushing. Like they're literally pushing this because then I had, but that had black friends. I had white friends. Game. What was that movie called? I have no idea. I think Charlton Heston was involved. I don't know what it was called, but it was probably freaking terrible. Hunter of black people. Oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) That man was the the worst. The worst. But, um, he's no longer with us. Rest in whatever. Just rest. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Um, but I mean, but she believes this, like she doesn't, she, I had black friends. I had white friends. I had an Asian friend jump in to say like, that's not what black lives matter is about. Black lives matter is saying we don't want to get shot by cops. Like, yeah, it's that easy. This should be something that everyone is like, everyone can get behind. Yeah. We don't want people getting shot by cops. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah. So that's what we do is we set up these false dichotomies. So with, white privilege, we, we set up the false dichotomy of either that people are trying to say that white privilege means that every white person is better off than every black person. And there's literally no one saying that. Right. Except, like, mouth breathers on Fox News. Um, <laughs> so, like, what what else do we do? <laughs> what else do we do? I have, I have an idea, okay. actually. Okay. Um, and this is, so I went to this civics fair that I am going to reference for the rest of my life because it was so awesome. Um, and it was activist groups talking about, like, their challenges was and whatever. Was cotton candy at the civics fair? Because I missed uh, it and I feel bad. The county fair? Yeah. Is <laughs> um, there, like, a number no. one hog prize? There was not. Oh. Um, okay. There was number one activist, most woke. Um, I'm kidding that. Did not oh. happen. You, Katie made the most disgusted face because because it didn't sound like so far fetched to me. Like I know, right, most no, no. woke, can you get this like prize yeah. blue ribbon? Yeah, Ugh, no, that anyway. didn't occur. Okay, good. But so I'm um, sorry that I doubted you. About that. <laughs> but so at the civics fair, they were talking about how activism, like bigger movements, are good, but activism is all about personal relationships. Oh yeah, I like that. And I like that. So. And then there was this this woman who um, was or is disabled, and she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And she says, "It is really, really offensive when people don't just ask what your issues are or what your like uh, what what you might want to do as far as like activism is concerned." Okay. And she said that every time she shows up to, like, help out with campaign or canvassing or something, she's given a phone list. And she's like, I hate talking on the phone. Why are you giving me a phone list? I want to go out and distribute flyers or get petitions signed or whatever. And um, And they're assuming that she And so they're just assuming that. So that's one thing that we can do is get involved. And it's not 
Look, it's not like you go to one meeting and you're the nice white lady and right. all the black ladies are going to just swarm to you and, and, be, you get, and throw you up on their shoulders. And you get the and, prize for most woke because you showed up to yeah, one thing. Yeah. But it is about showing up and forging relationships and cultivating relationships with women who maybe do have different uh, different issues or different different perspectives than you have thought about or that really matter to you in your daily life. That sounds pretty good, Bethany. Yeah. So that's, that's, and that's one thing like, and this is one thing that I always say on, on my Facebook posts too, is like the only truly bipartisan thing that I believe Mm -hmm. is you've got to get involved. You've got to get involved. Like if you say that you're a Republican and you're a conservative, Go get involved with what these maniacs are doing because let me tell you, you don't, you're not going to like the crap that these people are uh, propagating. So like just getting involved is, is important. And I think that like getting involved in these types of issues, because there's, I also saw this Twitter post and I guess you shouldn't reference Twitter without like seeing it and giving credit, but some woman, um, a woman of color said, if there's an issue and you're, if you're a white lady getting into activism and there's an issue, I guarantee you a woman of color has been on the front lines of this issue before. So find her and talk to her. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's good advice for us. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what you can do if you're interested in these types of things, because, uh, you know, people of color have been fighting these battles for as long as, forever i mean forever uh so you know we need to as white people we need to kind of get involved but not in a way that centers us totally yeah so so we solved racism white privilege it's all (laughs) done it's over Um, this is this is a good starting point for us right yeah for sure for sure um so then do you want to go first on your the good, your good, good positive thing to end on. Okay, it's so hard. Um, good positive thing of the week. So immediately after we finished recording our podcast last week, where we were um, lamenting the position of Senator Timmy Duckworth with her new baby not being allowed to take the baby onto the floor. So like right after um, the uh, the law was amended, it was changed, and now uh, babies under the age of one are allowed on the floor, which is fantastic news. And Tammy Duckworth and her little baby were on the floor and she cast a vote and um it was freaking adorable and i think she had uh tammy duckworth had like a maybe it was like a freaking twitter post of her little baby's outfit with a little blazer and it right said, because that is the yeah, senate role still you have to have like a like a jacket on the floor so she's like i don't want her to be in violation of the dress code so we got a little outfit ready just in case we have to vote today and they did and it was beautiful so yeah that's so one that's a good positive that's one good thing yeah moving, yeah moving in the right direction right totally yeah um and what's your one good thing, Bethany? So my one good thing, and this is kind of an abstract scenario, but is the power of women to communicate and work through things. And um, that, so we're, we're part of a, a women's activism group locally. And I have just been truly amazed at how it's like, without the influence of men, women can... Like, 
we can solve our problems or whatever. We can work through things in a way that women do it right. rather than in a way that men do it. And I have found that really, really edifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stoked about it. And I think more women need to have... And this is why I've never... I never have trusted women who say, oh, I don't have any... I, this is why I don't have any girlfriends. <gasps> Me too. Something yeah. we have in common. Yeah, I yeah. hear that whole like, oh, I don't have girlfriends. I only get along with guys. I'm one of the guys. Yeah, like no, women you're, are fantastic. Yeah, like always be friends with women. Um, guys are fine too. Yeah, I, they're okay. There's know. some who are cool. Yeah, I like I like lots of dudes, but yeah, like I'm married to one. So we're yeah, good. me too. Um, but like, yeah, just like women. If you're a person who thinks that, like, oh, women don't relate to me, like, it's something that's going on with you, and you need to correct that and go get some girlfriends, because women are awesome, and when we team up, we are un-friggin'-stoppable. Oh, that that would be a really good theme song. Whoa, we could totally... What is that song, though? It's from the movie Mannequin. Yeah, it is from Mannequin. I I believe the band is called Starship Troopers. Band is the wrong word to use. Okay. Starship Troopers, and we should totally just feel that. that. Yeah, we don't have to pay royalties because no one's listening. Right, right. And if you're listening, please review right. us on iTunes. Hey, you know what? When we blow up and start getting paid tons of money, we'll just pay the royalties on it, and it'll oh, be no big deal. I, oh, fantastic! Right. Okay. So that's another positive thing this week. We got a theme song. We have a theme song now. All right, All right well, cool. This has been it's fucking personal. Thanks for listening to our white privilege discussion on white privilege all right um, thank you so much for listening we'll and see you next uh, week. rate us on itunes and uh yeah that'd be great bye bye thank you bye